So here's my favorite Five of Wands story. This is from 1998 when I was in cooking school for a while. And uh, one morning I drew the Five of Wands before I got on the subway. And I promptly forgot about it, as was my habit in those days. Now, it happened to be the day of my pastry exam, and I was nervous about it. So somewhere around mid-morning, I looked up, and there we were, five students in chef whites around a metal table, pounding away at our puff pastry dough with these straight baking dowels. Uh, each one is about as long as a broom handle. Needless to say, the whole scene looked exactly like the Rider Waite Smith Five of Wands. And I just burst out laughing just from recognition. That was the first time I experienced tarot at its most literal, but it would certainly not be the last. Speak the charm of make charm of make charm. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy podcast featuring Reverend Eric. Join me on an exploration of the practice, philosophy, and history of the occult, esotericism, and the paranormal. In this episode of the podcast, I am joined by my friend and recurring guest, T. Susan Chang. She's here to talk about her brand new book, 36 Secrets, and which is all about the Deccans and the tarot. I also want to announce that I've been inspired both by Susie's book and by the last year of articles on Andrew B. Watt's website about the Deccans to perform a Deccan walk of my own. To learn more about the concept of a Deccan walk, listen to the rest of this episode. But in the meantime, I do want to invite you to join me. I'm going to be performing the majority of this Deccan walk or recording the majority of this Deccan walk on the Arnamancy Patreon at patreon.com slash arnamancy and you can join me there to celebrate this new endeavor i am launching a special offer on the arnamancy patreon if you sign up at the neophyte level or above which is five dollars a month before march 30th you will get in the mail from me a handwritten letter or card and some Arnamancy stickers. So head on over to patreon.com slash Arnamancy and sign up and join us on a really weird journey. Now, let's get on with the episode. My guest today is T. Susan Chang. She is the author of Tarot Correspondences, Ancient Secrets for Everyday Readers, and the co-author of the forthcoming Tarot Deciphered, uh, decoding esoteric symbolism in modern tarot. She hosts with Mel Moline the Fortune's Wheelhouse Esoteric Tarot Podcast, which explores imagery and symbolism in Golden Dawn-based decks like the uh, Waite Smith and Thoth Tarot. And she's got this new book that just came out called 36 Secrets, A Decanic Journey Through the Minor Arcana of the Tarot, which we're probably going to talk about today at least a little bit. Welcome <laughs> Welcome back, Susie. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. It's always a pleasure to talk to the Wonder Wizard of Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like just having me introduce you is so ridiculous. Like, you should probably be introducing me, even though it's my podcast. <laughs> because I suspect more people out there know who you are than me. 
Oh no! That's even if even if even if they're listening to this now, they're probably like, "Oh, cool, Susie's on this podcast <laughs> with some dude." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, that's sweet of you, but uh, but but thank you for reading my book. Oh yeah, I'm. You, you really... have copy number two that was ever printed. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, I'm halfway through it. I tried to speed read it. I spe- I speed read like the first uh, few decans, and then at some point, I just th- there's something about your. I was telling you ahead of time, like your book is really cozy, <laughs> like it's uh, it's filled with a lot of like personal insight, but then these like really nice little anecdotes, and it's a it's this brilliant kind of like blend of the two, right? So you have a lot of like the technical part of tarot along with uh, your own life experience with it, and. It's it just feels better to like sit and read it oh, calmly, good. you know. Thank you. Yeah, this is um this is this book is very very dear to me. It's very personal and it's, you know, I mean, I don't actually think I have a lot of ways of writing books, but this is um this is very much my voice. This is, you know, something that is the way I think, the way things sound in my head, and it's the only book I have that really kind of reflects that fairly precisely. And the other thing about this book is that you really don't have to like read it through, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a book where you can dive in, you know, you could look up the Deccan that we're in, or you could look up the Deccan that, or the card that corresponds to your card of the day, or you could look up the Deccan that corresponds to the natal moon of the person you have a crush on, or, you know, or you could just like look in the index and look under, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Read it that way. Oh, wait, there's an index? No. Yeah. <laughs> Eric knows how much I love my index. <laughs> Not to play the type or anything. Yeah. But. You know, I, I was thinking, like, you were you were my second guest on the Arnamancy podcast. Yes, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's my second podcast. It's not like I just came out of the blue and was like, hey, uh, oh, stranger, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's also like right now as we're recording, it's kind of almost eleven months to the day since we met in person at yes. the yeah. Northwest Tarot yes. Symposium, yeah, which was yeah. a really weird time. I mean, you know, it was it was a fun time, but the world was turning weird quickly. Like it was, yeah, it was the last time I saw a group of people. Yeah, what was that? The first uh, week in March, so yeah. something like that weekend in March, which mm-hmm. would have been that would have been uh, Pisces two, and it was like the second to last step in that whole Deccan journey for me. And you know, and like the whole world was closing down at the time. It was very mm-hmm. strange. Yeah, yeah, I remember we uh, so we went on a little field trip to a local brewery, and we, we were we were yeah. on the Max, which is the the light rail in Portland. And mm-hmm. there was a lady sitting across the aisle from us who had like a cold and she oh, like yeah. sneezed or something. And the two of us, you know, cause I mean, the pandemic was just barely in the news and like the two of us looked over at the sneezing lady and then back at each other. And we both had like panic <laughs> eyeballs and we're like, what do we do? I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I know. And little did we know. Little. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't get COVID from that sneeze. And no, yeah, neither so did I. Thankfully. I mean, it, it's I the thing, like it was just sort of like, you know, we had no idea. I think there was one person no wearing idea. the ma- wearing a mask at that conference. Yeah, I didn't see anybody. Um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. There was some elbow bumping and stuff, but then people would just get bored of that and you know, mm-hmm. just hug each other. So. <laughs> 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 or, of course, the uh, traditional uh, tarot reader greeting, which is to lick each other's forehead. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, 36 Secrets is, uh, we should probably explain what the book is about now that we've talked about it a little bit. So basically yeah. you, you took a whole year to, mm-hmm. um, to write about each of the 36 minor arcana of the tarot that corresponds to the Deccans. Uh, which right. means we should probably, just in case, tell each other, tell the audience what the Deccans are and what the Minor Arcana is. What the Dickens the Deccans are. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Deccans, so um, everybody knows 12 zodiac signs, but we can then split those each of those signs into three, uh, 10 degree uh, sections, each of which is a decan, a t- 10 degree section of the sky, a 10 day roughly section of the year. So this decan walk thing is, it's it's something that happens in practitioner circles. I know that, uh, I don't really know where it started, but I know that uh, Gordon White on Rune Soup had had this whole thing where his premium membership were doing deck and walks for a while. I know that Austin Kopic had done one and I had followed that a little while. And then, you know, I sort of realized that I was ready to do one of my own. And the thing about tarot, you know, and the sort of systems that I love is that there's, they're, they're, they're neatly corresponding to uh, all different kinds of systems at once. And I've been, fascinated by the correspondences to the Deccans for years. So like the Deccan, the the Deccanic minors in tarot are um, a subset of the minor arcana. So the minor arcana, of course, are ace through 10 and the court cards. The major arcana are those fool through the world, 22 cards. But the subset that comprises the Deccanic minors are the numeric minors that are numbered two through 10. And they start with the two of wands, Aries one, and they go to the ten of cups, Pisces three, and um, and this is this was, you know, when I first learned this, it kind of blew my mind because I was like, you know, how does this work? How does the system work? I have to know more. I want the decoder ring. You know, I will yeah. buy all the cereal. <laughs> 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 and uh, and so I started looking at. I mean, I guess the thought deck has it. You know, sort of explicitly written on the cards you can see the glyphs so if you pick up a seven of cups you'll see the venus on the top and the scorpio on the bottom and um and i thought okay i'm gonna internalize this freaking system because it's so cool and you know because i was not really plugged in at that time i just i just hard memorized it by rote i didn't see the patterns at all i just went mm. you know uh, two of wands, three of wands, four of wands, five of wands. That's Mars, Aries, you know, um, Ven- uh, Sun in Aries, Venus in Aries, and then five of wands is Saturn in Leo. What the fuck? So you know, I, I just <laughs> I didn't understand how that worked or why. And it took me literally the entire summer that I was taking my daughter to swimming class. This is like seven years ago, six years ago, to memorize that thing because I didn't see there was a cyclical order to it. So everybody, mm. there's a cyclical order to it. If you oh, there, and there's if, there's multiple cycles, kind of. There's in it. multiple cycles. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool. So basically, if you if you dispose the cards around the circle of the zodiac in order, you will see the order because it actually, although it begins and ends with Mars, Aries one and Pisces three, in between it goes through the Chaldean order. So, you know, Chaldean order is Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Sun, Venus, Mercury, Moon. 
But then, you know, if you start with Mars, you're in the middle of it, but you still go in that order, Mars, Sun, Venus, Mercury, Moon, Saturn, Jupiter, and so on, all the way around five times. So, um, so yeah, and then what that means is that it turns out that all of the fire signs belong in the wand suit, all of the water signs belong in the cup suit, all of the air signs belong in the sword suit, and all of the earth signs belong in the uh, pentacle suit. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, and um, anybody yeah. who has your uh, previous book, Correspondences, uh, there's a beautiful chart in there that kind of lays all of It's in there like three times, because <laughs> I love that chart so much, and it's also on, uh, it's also in the intro of this oh, that's book right. on page uh, Roman numeral 14, and we sell notebooks with it on Fortune's Wheelhouse Redbubble. <laughs> Ooh, I might, I might I need to get one of those notebooks. so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a great chart. So, and it's, um, there's a lot going on. It's, I mean, it's super readable in here, but it's even more readable and magnificent and majestic in the correspondences <laughs> book, which is like a larger <laughs> format. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the correspondences book is really the reference text for mm -hmm. all of this stuff so that, you know, I, I just needed an external hard drive personally, and that was my way of getting it out there so I wouldn't have to hold it all here. But as it turns out, it's all in here anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Do you remember, but, uh, uh, yeah. do you remember the first place that you encountered um, the Deccans and tarot? Like, where did you see it first? Robert Wang, Kabbalistic really? Tarot. Yeah, oh. yeah. So Kabbalistic Tarot is a hermetic Kabbalah book that, um, let's see, that is that was published, I don't know, a while ago. I mean, it was probably in the 80s or 90s. And um, and I remember I got it in New York. I got it from the Tarot School. Um, Ruth Amberstone sold it to me. I still have the receipt. <laughs> and um, and I, I thought, you know, this looks really hardcore. It looks really metal. I have to have it. But I opened it up and I was like, I don't get any of this. It was, it was, um, it wasn't Greek to me because I understand Greek. It was, it was, it, it was like completely impenetrable. It was right? linear B. <laughs> it was linear B. <laughs> and I, I was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I really love this chart. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I saw it first in, um, in the golden Dawn black book. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, I resolved to in the just, brick. Yeah, 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 and I just ignored it. I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> I'm not going to look at this for a long time." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's so it's, yeah. But that yeah. you know, but this doing the deck and walk is really interesting because it just sort of forces you to concentrate on you know a segment at a time and just see what you can get out of it. And you're going to do one, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm actually so uh, you know the last time you were on the podcast just a couple months ago uh, <laughs> with Andrew, he he finished a deck and walk, um, right. And uh, I've been trying to get him to lead a deck and walk on his Patreon. So um, I don't yeah. know if he's going to do it, but I'm going to do a deck and walk either way because uh, it looks, I mean, eventually, I don't remember exactly when I made the switch, but once I started working with the art of memory, like both, mm -hmm. both tarot and astrology are like perfect for working with the art. Yeah, so um, totally. Yeah. So like when I saw the patterns in the, in the Deccans, it, it was kind of just a, a no brainer. Like, Oh yeah, that'll just slide right in there. Like no, 
no problem sort of yeah. slotting this together. But um, <laughs> but then watching what you did is like you mm-hmm. not only you took the deck and walk and turned it into a tarot deck and walk. Yes, yes, because I I had been thinking about the miners. I mean, I really love the miners more than anything else in tarot. They are my thing, and. Um, for many years, I'd been thinking about what can we do to better understand the miners um, through the correspondences. And the way that first started was miners through majors. So I would think about, you know, what associated planet and uh, and sign went with each minor card. And then by extension, what planetary major and zodiacal major went with the card. So, for example, I don't know. Um, let's see. Two of two of discs, two of pentacles. Mm -hmm. So that's Jupiter and Capricorn. So Jupiter is the wheel of fortune and Capricorn is the devil. So if you take the wheel of fortune and the devil, what can you learn about the two of pentacles that, um, by, by considering those three cards together. Well, obviously you want to just buy a vowel right away. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, um, (laughs) take a spin on the roulette wheel. Right. So, yeah. So I was just sort of like, I remember the day this started, I was like lying on, I had a fever and I was really sick and I was just lying on the, uh, on the couch thinking about the four of cups, which is the high priestess, the moon in cancer, the chariot and trying to figure that shit out anyway. So, um, so between that and then sort of like, going through this deck and walk, it was really interesting to just sort of have a chance to pick out those, um, those threads and see how they came together. And what was interesting is that, you know, it wasn't like during each deck and that card would come up. Sometimes it would, sometimes it wouldn't. And, but what I did do was I looked back through my famous spreadsheet to see, you know, every time that I'd gotten that infamous, card. infamous spreadsheet. <laughs> infamous spreadsheet. Yeah. To see, you know, what, what it would do, what that card's behavior was. And, you know, and I think that this is something that I wish everyone would do. Just keep track of what happens, you know, regardless of whether you think it syncs up or not, because eventually it will start to make sense. And the thing is that like one of the hard things that I think for us as tarot readers is that we're sitting there in a reading, we're looking at the cards and we're like trying to come up with like, what was, what's that supposed to mean? What did I read in that book? You know? And it's, it's um, it's incredibly limiting mm-hmm. because this is a deck that encompasses the whole world in 78 slices. And how are you going to get the whole world from just like some tiny keyword, right? So yeah. what, if, what this whole book is about and what this whole exercise was about was expanding the scope of each um, card so that I could get from what is apparent on the surface to what might be just beneath the surface, you know, all the way down to its secrets. So literally secrets because, and the book is called 36 Secrets, of course, because secrets, it's a translation of arcana mm-hmm. and, um, and it seemed to make sense. So, um, so, you know, it reminds me a lot of something we've talked about in other contexts, which is Pardis. How soon can we get to the Kabbalah? <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I, I was just waiting. I was like, okay. <laughs> we should have a drinking game where, you know, every time someone says Peshat Remes, Derish Sod, someone has to take a shot. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I guess that's safe now. I, I feel like there are fewer people listening to uh, podcasts while they're driving to work. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I know. I, I, I cannot, you know. Well, the thing is that this is what tarot is like for me, right? Because sometimes it's like super, super literal. Like, mm-hmm. um, what's a good example? So, like, the five of pentacles in Rider Waite Smith, it has... Uh, it has those cripples on it. It's got, mm-hmm. you know, it's got snow. Um, and I get that card when it snows a lot, you know, it's just like it's snowing. So here's a five of pentacles, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, but then, you know, if you kind of go just the next layer down, it, it's, it's you, you, as you start interpreting and you're like, okay, so here's some people who are not doing terribly well. So maybe they're literally sick. That would be a really literal meaning. But maybe they just feel like uh, metaphorically out in the cold, right? Maybe they feel shut out in some way or locked out. And that is another meaning that I get from that card. I literally have been locked out of places when I get that card. And in fact, I have done sympathetic magic fixing locks to deal with that card uh, in the years since. Do you and ever, then yeah? Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you ever start to worry that you have little tiny self fulfilling prophecies every day when you draw these cards. Like you draw yeah. the five of pentacles, so it's just more likely that you're going to forget your keys. Well, you know what I do then is I trigger it, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, like I've talked a lot on different podcasts about how like, if I get the ten of swords, I'll go buy ten needles because you know we always need n- needles. We're always breaking the friggin' needle on the machine, so oh I just <laughs> go buy ten needles. Right. And uh, and and th- and then I literally will stand in the parking lot outside Joanne's and say the requirements have been fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> And now this is a thing on Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy. You know, people will do that. They will, you know, do trigger it in one way or another. And uh, the other day, what was it? What was it that happened? Um, oh, I got the tower. And hang on, I got to bring up the spreadsheet because something. <laughs> oh, I don't no. remember exactly what happened. But um, so, you know, so one of the things I've done in the past to trigger the tower, I have crawled down the stairs head first, which is harder than you think. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I don't know that I'd want to do that on my stairs. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean you 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 want you want stairs that are relatively shallow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so this is awesome. So um so what happened that day was I really wanted to make some short rib, which I had gotten by accident from the store. And, um, and, uh, and, and so that means you have to start like in the afternoon. It takes forever to make short rib. So I unwrapped the short rib and I set a pan on the stove and uh, to, to heat up to brown them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I sort of left the wrapping right on the counter and... Ooh. Yeah. So it ignited. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even notice because I had turned my back to look at the recipe or something like that. And I turn around and there's like a fire in my kitchen. Oh, and shit. I'm like, so I grab my tongs. I just stare at it for a minute, like appreciatively. And then I grab my tongs and I dumped it in the sink. Mm-hmm. And that was my tower reverse, which I got. And I, and I was actually really happy because of all the ways the tower could manifest, that's not bad. You know, it's I really can control not. that. It's, it's way not bad. better than falling out of a window. 
Exactly. And it's way better than getting hit by lightning. <laughs> right, right. It's like a, at least 10 times better. Yeah, so, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I actually, I rejoiced, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I put out the fire first and then I rejoiced. I said, the requirements have been fulfilled. And, uh, and, I, and I went about my day considerably more at peace in my mind. You know, so anyway, so that's a thing that happens with these draws is that I know it's going to manifest somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And this is true of divination generally. You don't know exactly the thing that's going to happen, but you know the quality of the moment. You know the shape of the archetype. And you can, sometimes it will happen like four or five different ways, and sometimes it'll happen just one way. But, you know, you, you're always looking out for something that matches, at some level. And, uh, and if you can, <laughs> you can with, the, with the hard cards like that, if you can find a way to make them match in a way that doesn't kill you, I think you're better off. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd rather buy 10 needles than, you know. Pretty much any other way. Yeah, any right? other of getting way. Getting the 10 of swords. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like end up having to take a nap, you know, which is okay. That's also all right. That's the four of, of swords. swords, right? Four of swords. Ten is... and four. Okay. Ten and yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. Heck, any four card you can probably satisfy. With <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's um, that's something that I really appreciated. That you know, the language of tarot is so rich and so strange and so various that you can never get tired of it. You know, you never know how it's going to show up. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of, you know, like, um, you know, going through your book, so you use the writer Waite Smith, the Waite Smith, you mm-hmm. use the Waite mm-hmm. Smith most of the time um, in your book, and especially for sort of like the headers on each card, you know, so you mm-hmm. lay out, uh, you lay out the the minor and then the two majors that, that correspond to that decan. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes like the, the symbolism is just it just sort of screams at you. It's sort of like, oh my God, of course, you know, yeah. uh, I think possibly my favorite just flipping through and looking was the, the two of swords, which is Libra one. Oh yeah. And it's right? got the it's... moon on one side and justice on the other. And, uh, it's so like it just right fits. in your face. Yeah. It's sort right? of like, I would have started there. I would have been like, if I was, <laughs> if I was, uh, if I was pixie designing the deck, I would have been like, oh, yeah. this is, we're just going to build, build everything around this. <laughs> right. I mean, you can literally see the moon there in the two of mm-hmm. swords card and you can see the swords of justice and you can see the blindfold, which isn't on the justice card, but is implied right? yeah. because of blind justice. Well, the blind justice thing, that's, uh, that's yeah. symbolism that came about in the early 20th century. Like justice originally wasn't blind. That was just sort of right. making right. a comment about how shitty justice systems are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah yeah, and I mean, so that's interesting because that coincides with around the the time of the making of the deck, right? Nineteen oh nine, nineteen ten. Interesting. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so what? So uh, I guess I kind of want to know a little bit about the process of your deck and walk because I know that you have. Also, your daily tarot poll where you pull like one or two cards and write a poem, mm-hmm. a, a little. <laughs> yeah, a little maybe. couplet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you how did you sort of incorporate the two? Like what what was your mm-hmm. uh, process? Like how did you approach a Deccan? Yeah. So I was really not very systematic about it. And I think that you should be more systematic because you're a systems kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I think- <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, basically the only way that I kind of consecrated the act of starting each deck and was by changing decks. 
So, you know, every 10 days I would change decks. I would, I would use a different deck. I still do that. In fact. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the Rider Waite Smith is um, it's, it's kind of the lexicon beneath, you know, beneath this whole journey, but the journey itself was taken with many, many different decks. That's interesting. Cause that's actually something mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, bring up when I started talking about the, the Waite Smith, like, do you find that um, looking at the Deccans and comparing sort of like the symbolism of the Deccan cards uh, helps you evaluate the usefulness of a deck or helps you sort of see into a little more into like the mind of how the deck was created? That's interesting. Well, you know, the reason that I use Rider Waite Smith as a base deck is, of course, because that's where the where the Decanic correspondences got started um, with uh, with with tarot. Uh, it is a 20th century invention, but um, but also because Rider Waite Smith informs like every other Western modern tarot deck that's not a Marseille deck. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every time you see symbolism that's been borrowed from the uh, from the Rider Waite Smith, um, whether it's like the little kitty cat on the Queen of Wands, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, or, the or I don't know. Or the snail on the nine of pentacles, exactly <laughs> our favorite. Yeah, that is something that is um, that 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 it's a genetic inheritance, and because of that, I feel that if you know Rider Waite Smith, you know, and all of the sort of decanic symbolism that went into it, then you have a secret key to any you know Western modern tarot deck of the twentieth or twenty first century. So, um, <clears throat> and. One of the things that I did in the course of doing this walk was, you know, just really dig in and try and draw threads, try and draw um, uh, themes that made sense um, in terms of, you know, why those images were there and how they might relate to um, to the Deccans themselves. So, for example, like if we talk about our snail. Um, on the nine of pentacles, which mm-hmm. I love. Uh, that is, you know, I call that deck in perfection alone. And it's, it's a, it's historically that deck is filled with images of kind of successive coverings of things. So like uh, Picatrix has a man of beautiful color dressed in leather and over his garment of leather is another garment of iron. Um, and, you know, the, the Agrippa version has, like, a guy closed with the skin and a man having a bush of hair holding a bag. So there's, like, all this, like, imagery of things being contained in other things. Mm-hmm. And like a snail, you know. Or, or like the falcon with the hood on its head. Or like the falcon with the hood on its head. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and the, and the significations for those traditional um, Deccan commentators had to do with sort of slowly accumulating gain. And, you know, even now that that Deccan is known or that card is known as the Lord of Gain. So there's something in there about like laboriously, you know, finishing and covering and protecting and controlling, Mm -hmm. you know, the artifact at some level. And so, you know, so I think 
Oh, and you know what? I recently, I love that card. I recently got that card the day I read the book H's for Hawk. And I didn't even <laughs> realize that until it was like midnight. I was like, fucking shit. I got the nine of it. And it literally, the, the book has that Hawk on the cover. And it's about this woman and her relationship with the Hawk. So, <laughs> and you know who else is has the nine of pentacles as their natal decan? No, who? Bernie Sanders. Oh. <laughs> and so that's why I did the collectible cover <laughs> where Bernie Sanders oh is my God. the nine of pentacles. <laughs> He's giving her a chance to go have a coffee. So you change decks every time. Every yeah, day. I change decks every time, and I would kind of keep a sharp eye out to see if the um, if the 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 card of the deck and came up, but it didn't necessarily. But what I would do is I would just start writing on mm -hmm. the day of you know the deck and started, and then I would you know hack away at it for ten days and then <laughs> release it. You know, mm -hmm. um, but the uh, but I think it was interesting because it made me more aware of kind of like you know, the way that uh, there's a feeling to that time, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like we talk about that too of discs before um, that's a really interesting time of year because it's the winter solstice. And so it's a, the moment when here for us in the Northern hemisphere, it's the shortest day, mm -hmm. right? It is literally the moment when you, you go from 10 of wands to two of discs and you go from uh, Saturn in Sagittarius, Saturn ruling the final decan of Sagittarius to Jupiter ruling the first decan of Capricorn. You have Saturn in a Jupiter ruled sign and Jupiter in a Saturn ruled sign. They sort of like do this switcheroo right mm -hmm. there. It's the only place where that happens. And it's also this moment where, you know, you can see on the card that there's like this that infinity sign, which mm -hmm. you also see in most modern tarot decks, which to me is representative of that switch in the roles of daylight and nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. And yeah. And there's something really fascinating about that to me, the idea that um, the forces of Saturnine compression and jovial expansion kind of duking it out inside this you know, sort of hourglass figure mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and, and, and the way that that um, the way that that, switch from from uh from ten of wands to two of uh two of discs is kind of like you know going from the last embers of the old fire to the you know to the fresh spark on the hearth at dawn yeah and you know i mean if there's something about it plus we have the new year in that mm -hmm. decan plus i i kind of uh i'm gonna go back to kabbalah now um mm -hmm. So I always yeah. uh, I interpret you know uh, we've we've argued about this before had discussions about mm -hmm. this before but I'm not a huge fan of the way um, Kabbalah is applied to the majors you know mm -hmm. it, it kind mm -hmm. of bugs me I feel like a lot of it is kind of forced and doesn't make a whole lot of sense but mm -hmm. when it comes to the minors I think that there's a lot of interesting parallels it's very yeah, yeah it's, it's very neat. easier um, but I always yeah. sort of look at uh, the wands cards as as you get closer and closer and closer to the ten you have mm -hmm. this problem where like ideas become more manifest and like you have mm -hmm. to contend with like your, your fantasies being brought into the world more and more and more. 
So having yes. like the Ten of Wands be followed by the Two of Pentacles, it's just sort of like, you know, the Ten of Wands, uh, you know, in the Rider Waite, it's, it's, it's a burden. Like all of a sudden an idea mm-hmm. has become a burden or a passion has become like something you have to lug around. And then to have it thrust into the real world in the Two of Pentacles where it's all of a sudden like, oh, look, you know, you have an idea being manifested and uh, what a surprise. It's unbalanced and <laughs> doesn't act in the real world like it did in your head. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that Ten of Wands is fascinating too. That's one of the things I really learned about on the Deccan Walk because I got it and I was like, um, it was one of those times when I was literally standing in the garden. This has happened before. Every year I, I, I hack the raspberry bushes down you know you have to prune the canes back every mm-hmm. every year so that they grow better and i i have more than once gotten the ten of wands while doing this because you're dragging out you know dozens oh, yeah. of yeah. straight canes <laughs> you know it's very literal and this just happens so so i got it and and i was like okay fine i will do the raspberries and uh and i went there and i put on my podcast and i was listening to a podcast about fascism um about fascism and superheroes and it was really interesting because i realized while listening to this podcast i learned that you know the term fascism comes from fascies the bundle Mm -hmm. of sticks sticks. right Right. the bundle of sticks with the axe handle embedded in it Mm -hmm. and it represents the state's power of um to use capital punishment Mm -hmm. right yeah to use extreme force so you know so that was like, oh my God. So if you take the story of wands, which is a story of drives and ambitions and wanting to conquer the world, and you take it to its logical extreme, the 10 of wands is about authoritarianism. It's about being able to have all of the sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, it is. That makes a lot of sense. Oh God, I hadn't yeah. really thought of it that way. Yeah, I know, it really I hadn't is. Either. Um, it yeah. really is also sort of the card of like, um, you know, when the, coyote catches the road runner he's like, <laughs> now what? Well, you got it now what <laughs> now exactly. you have to carry this burden <laughs> exactly and that's why you know the ten of wands is the lord of oppression and mm-hmm. it's also you know um the uh the 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 deccan significations from from picatrix are evil desires adverse and evil effects evil conduct they say they mm-hmm. say evil like three or four times because you know yeah. <laughs> that's what happens you know how, when, yeah, with great power. How did you feel about um, including all the Picatrix uh, deck and stuff in this? Like, did you find that it uh, helped frequently? Did it did it confuse the matters? Like, what what did you? Uh, what was your? Experience? Yeah. So you know you know how it is. Like when you whenever you're studying something really obscure, which you do like twenty four seven. You know, don't reveal you my can... secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's no secret, Eric. Ah. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but you know, it's like it can either make you completely bananas. Or it can constructively break your brain a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, anybody who uh, studies gamatria, you know, <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit nuts, right? <laughs> so I actually that I have a little aside where I remember the first time I met somebody who had studied gamatria too much, uh, <laughs> and it was um, how much is too much is what I want to know. <laughs> it was the sort of thing where, like, if you mentioned a Hebrew word. Because mm-hmm. it, it was it was a it was some sort of lecture. I, I was I was at the lecture and I was watching somebody give the lecture and like somebody sitting behind me, 
um, every time the lecturer mentioned some Hebrew word, the person sitting behind me would shout out the number. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's. <laughs> oh my God. It's like too much. It's too like much. Kabbalistic Tourette's. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> but yeah i mean that's what it's like it's i i i think that you know i kind of made a list for myself of some of the ones that were really hard to figure out you Mm -hmm. know the ways that they were hard to match up like for example the um Four of Swords is a great example. So Four of Swords, you know, is our our sleepy guy who is either dead or um, but he's the tomb effigy. So he he is both dead and also not a not animate. So not dead. Right. So um, but he's also he you know, people use it to also represent sleeping or napping or, you know, whatever else is going on in their lives. So the. um, so the 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 Deccan imagery is really crazy for 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 uh, for Libra three. It is um, a man riding a donkey with a wolf in front of him. Evil work, what? sodomy, adultery, singing, joy, and flavors. I mean, yeah. And then the Agrippa one. I have a violent man holding a bow, and before him a naked man, and also another man holding bread in one hand and a cup of wine in the other. Wicked lust, singing, sports, and gluttony. So, like, how? how, Right? (laughs) Well, hold on a second. I mean, Agrippa got a lot of his Deccan imagery from the Picatrix. From the Latin Picatrix, yeah. So what the heck happened to the wolf? (laughs) I know. It's like some kind of game of telephone that happened between the Picatrix and Agrippa where he got some really whack shit. So Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how that happened. And I also, I tend to kind of basically work with Picatrix versions for Deccan commentary. I don't use the Yavanajataka or, you know, Mm -hmm. or Ibn Ezra or any of the ones that are in Austin's book. I just kind of kept it simple for myself. But, um, but yeah, so so that was really hard to think about. And the 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 title I use for that deck Deccan is The Widening Gyre, which is from the Yates poem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where there's uh where the beast is slouching towards Jerusalem to be born. And it it, it was interesting to me because it made me think of you know the apocalyptic imagery in that poem and the reason i chose the term the widening gyre is because uh that that um that's a jupiter and libra deck and so we have questions of sort of like uh expansion we have questions of balance mm-hmm. so it kind of you know i use this sort of metaphor of the tightrope walker um and uh moment of inertia and balance um kind of metaphors phys- physics metaphors for that mm-hmm. anyway so but the idea behind all of this sort of like, you know, debauched and frenzied imagery was so extreme that it made me sort of think about the difference between that still figure in the foreground and the sort of brilliantly colored stained glass window up in the top of the card, right? Mm-hmm. Of the Four of Swords. And I often use those two images to ask, you know, what is going on in the mind? of the person lying there or what is the separation between, you know, your experience uh, as the person being read of not doing anything or just being, you know, quiet and still versus the things you're imagining. And so what I kind of got from that was the idea that 
you know, this is almost like, um, this is almost like sh- a shamanic practice, right? Where the there's a part of you that's here and there's a part of you that's really busy somewhere else, right? Right, right. So there's this sort of like, playing with ideas of inhibitory and excitatory gnosis where there's, you know, part of you is dancing and drumming and having sex and hunting things. And part of you is just lying there. (laughs) 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 So, you know, and literally when you look at traditional shamanism, the weapons that Mm -hmm. are on the regalia are all hunting weapons. They're all like, you know, little tiny arrows and little tiny shields and little tiny knives and Mm -hmm. things like that, because that's what they're doing. They're warriors in the astral. So to me, the Four of Swords has this quality of um, of kind of having uh, confronting Mm -hmm. demons, confronting uh, thing work that needs to be done. um, But in a way that is internal mm-hmm. or removed. So like whether you're a medium or whether you are a spirit worker or whether you're meditating or whatever it is, there's that sort of internal versus external work. And it made me think a lot of the, um, the, the hymn to, is it hypnos or is it, I think it's the hymn to hypnos where, you know how in the Orphic hymns, the final three ones are the hymns to sleep, dream and death. Mm-hmm. So they are referred to as autocasignetos, which means brothers. Um, and all of those states are cognate in some way, mm-hmm. right? So where, you know, part of you is in one place, part of you is in another. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that really, you know, so it was like, at first I was like, this fucking makes no sense. And uh-huh. then after a while, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> take another hit <laughs> i'm going to overlay that part with like a with like a bong sound effect right yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you um i was wondering have you seen uh jay swafford's uh deccan yeah, Art. I have it. I have mm-hmm. it. Yep, they're great. We've talked a little bit actually, and you had him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. amazing. He's, yeah, he's I a, think he's a cool. Yeah, dude. Um, I was. They're wondering, really interesting. Did you uh, reference those at all when you were doing your deck and walk? I did in the beginning because I was more organized in the beginning. By the end, <laughs> I was just like my brain was just it's just broken. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, um, but it's really interesting, especially when you kind of look at, um, I remember looking at the, his image for the, I think it's the seven of discs, which is Saturn and Taurus, which is Taurus three, which is the one with the elephant legs on it, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and just thinking, you know, he must've had so much fun making those. So this is Jay Swafford's Picatrix Deccan's deck, which I think is available on Etsy. Yeah. I've got it available on my website. Either. Oh yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Oh. Yes. It is available at <laughs> arnamancy.com go there now <laughs> uh, <laughs> um yeah i get uh i a boy so, like an elephant with long legs so again uh-huh. with the uh theriomorphic baloney right yeah <laughs> yeah i uh, i've talked to him a little bit about the the imagery he's embedded in in his in his deck and He's always been like really kind of mysterious about it. He's like, there's more in there. You just have to look closer. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I often wonder about where 
well, I, I always wonder about what, what the Picatrix commentators were on because it was good, I think. Good no, stuff. I mean, you've read but- all of their recipes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I assume that, you know, everybody saw something a little bit different. So in a way, you know, there's much more consistency in the versions between the meanings than the images, which is mm-hmm. very much like dream work, right? You know, mm-hmm. the images could be all over the place because they're personal and subjective, but the message is pretty consistent. And um, so, yeah, that... That is interesting. And another place where you can see really good Deccan imagery is in the um, tarot deck known as Liberty Stars Eternal. Okay. um, Which is a kind of a takeoff on the Thoth deck. It's it's like the majors are Thoth-oriented, but it's kind of like done in this... uh, It reminds me of kind of 1940s cartoon style. It's very um, surreal and expressionistic. And then there's, but the Deccan cards Mm -hmm. pull from all different Deccan sources, particularly Liber Hermetis. So, um, and yeah, it's a really great deck to have. However, it has no book. So you have to like, there's this Samizdat thing that like gets handed around between tarot readers by this guy named Cyan who was active on the web like 10 years ago. <laughs> it's a PDF explaining what is in all of those Deccan images. It's oh, really good. Hmm. That, that, sounds like a, that sounds like something to explore. Um, it is. Yeah. So now that you've finished one Deccan walk, are you going to do another one? No, (laughs) probably not. Um, At least not for a while until. So, so here's the thing. Um, I guess the bleeding edge of my praxis right now is kind of developing as a, as a, you know, as, as a magically operant person. And, you know, you and I both are in the PGM class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what, one of the reasons I'm taking that class um, besides the amazing instructor, Jack Grail, is the idea that I can sort of pick up some theory on image uh, use, image use and image magic, and translate that into modern tarot. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting image use in the PGM. So that's... Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what you come up with out of that. Yes, yes. I mean, it's not going to look like any of the sort of image magic that we see in the old grimoires, but it's going to be something that uses the theory, I think, Mm -hmm. and the techniques. So, you know, so one of the things I've experimented with, um, there's a, there's a couple of places where I've experimented with, um, with talismanic magic with tarot, but the one that I've talked about a lot is the eight of wands. uh, Yeah, you sent me one of those. Exactly. You have one of those. (laughs) So, so, you know, because the eight of wands is this Deccan of Sagittarius one, which is governed by Mercury, our friend and boss, my boss, uh, it seemed to me that there was something coherent about it magically that I could use. And what I noticed in the course of doing the book was that um, writing the Deccan piece was that, like, I get a lot of packages when I get the Eight of Wands, like a lot. Like mm. the Amazon truck just rolls kind of up the driveway you get and your own stuff truck. pours they, out. They just stop. They just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we'll come back and get hey, this next know. week. <laughs> <laughs> and messages come in and stuff I've been waiting for. And, you know, that wonderful feeling when your mailbox is just full of interesting things. That's the eight of wands for me. And I thought, okay, so tarot, we have this understanding, right? Between you and me and this card, let's work with that. And so um, I had in, I guess in 2018, 
2019, I had a trip to Singapore planned. And I had, unfortunately, um, I was taking a terrible airline, which shall not be named, and but which is infamous for losing baggage, especially when you're on an economy flight with multiple changes, which can, I was. You can totally call out the airline. I don't think that um, <laughs> I don't think airplane lawyers listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, anyway, I said, okay, I I don't want to lose my shit. I literally do not want to lose my shit on the way there, so I'm going to make a talisman. So I, um, so I. First, I was just going to paste a, uh, an eight of wands on the bag, but then I just sort of like, you know, I didn't want to waste a card, so I printed a bunch out, and I put them on cardboard, and I wrote my name on the back, and I consecrated them on a uh, Thursday and the hour of Mercury or vice versa, you know, Wednesday hour of Jupiter. And, um, and Eric, you would not believe how those bags flew through the terminals i mean literally they were there before i was kind of a thing you know they were like the first thing out of the conveyor belt even in the international customs Uh you know they were like right there and i was like okay this is a thing so um (laughs) did you think to yourself man i should have probably kept one of those on me (laughs) (laughs) well exactly right so i uh so i've had a bunch of those printed up with the seal of uh mercury in the background Mm-hmm. And uh, I sell those on my Etsy store now. And now, whenever I really need something to get there, exactly like your book. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I see that. I guess I hadn't. I hadn't. Yeah, that's a seal attention. of Mercury. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, so that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, I also think I'd like to do something with the Two of Pentacles um, because it's, uh, you know, it's about gain and loss and chance and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it would make a really great talisman for a poker game. I don't play poker, but I'm thinking of giving one to my husband because he's really into hedge fund trading right now. Oh, <laughs> I think that would help, you know, and it's sort of like profiting by both loss and gain. Right, right. So um, so that kind of makes sense for that card. I'm mm-hmm. going to try it out for maybe a week and see how it goes. <laughs> but, um, but this is what I would like to do with my magical praxis um, for tarot. I, theoretically, I'm going to be doing these um, two courses for Blackthorn. Uh-huh. We're, we're taking the PGM course in the summer, and I'd like to d- get to the point where I have a number of these sort of talismanic works you can uh, do with minor tarot. Um, in the magical side of oh, the course. Oh, that's a good idea. I think it's really good. And, you know, and so what I, when you asked me, will I do another deck and walk? Well, I think what I would do is, um, if I ever do one again, it will have to do with implementing magical praxis mm-hmm. onto the cards bit by I bit. I think that's a, a good idea. I don't know if this ended up in our, in, in the first episode we did together two years mm. ago. But I do remember we had this conversation where you were sort of like, oh, I don't really consider myself much of a practitioner. <laughs> and this is after you'd been like explaining your entire like tarot practice where you like wrote these couplets and did all this stuff. I was like, you just told me, you just explained your whole magic practice to me. And now you're like, oh, I, I'm not a practitioner. <laughs> so I'm glad that you sort of had that breakthrough. You're like, oh, wait, I have. I've already been a wizard. I've been doing it all along. <laughs> all you need now well, is a fake beard. Way of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we get really wrapped up in sort of like, oh God, I've got to be in an initiatic tradition. I have to have I have to have a diploma. I have to have, you know, a, a consecrated item. I have to have something. I have to have a robe. At least you have a robe, you oh, know, yeah. which you made yourself. <laughs> but uh, but I do think that magic is personal. 
Mm-hmm. It has to be grounded in what you believe in. And so I'm kind of going at it in a more organic way for me, I guess. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I'm I'm really excited about that. I will probably take your class. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Let's see. I'll send you the curriculum once I once I make it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I can make a decision then. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, I want to ask now about this other book that you've got coming out. So this is, did you oh, do yeah. this with Mel? Uh, yeah, Tarot Deciphered. Tarot Deciphered. Yeah. So tell me about that. Have we talked yeah, about so, this already? Did I know about this? Um, so this is, well, this is like, this was supposed to be called the Fortune's Wheelhouse Guide to Esoteric Tarot, because that's oh, what it is. Okay, okay. Um, it's basically the, but of course, you know, that's hard to sell from a conventional publisher because what the, you know, what's Fortune's Wheelhouse, right? Who knows what that is? I think so, that uh, <laughs> it's, kind of a, it's kind of a big deal though. Like Fortune's Wheelhouse is well, a big like deal. You guys are Our community it is. People know who we are, but yeah. you know, out there, you know, if you've got the poor Llewellyn salesman trying to like sell, you know, uh, uh, you know, Bob's little book of crystals and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and color my chakras, right, you know, right. I'm what's Fortune's Wheelhouse. So, um, I, I mean, I really, I love Llewellyn's because they have incredible distribution like mm-hmm. that. And they're very, um, you know, they're an incredibly thoughtful company. I found mm-hmm. for me, at least they worked really hard with me and I do this incredibly difficult nerdy stuff and they will put all their proofreaders and copy editors on it. And, you know, it's hard. So right. I appreciate all of the effort that they've poured into my stuff and, the book that Mel and I have coming out. So what this book is, Tarot Deciphered, is um, it is a, uh, it's it's the first 78 episodes of Fortune's Wheelhouse where we went card by card mm-hmm. and went through the esoterics for every single card, every symbol, every um, correspondence, every Kabbalistic you know, connotation, um, all of the myth, all of the smells, all of the colors, everything. It's all in there. Um, And basically, we wanted people to have something. Well, it was really the most difficult and um, tedious and long-winded way of doing a podcast transcription possible. (laughs) Because we didn't figure out how to do podcast (laughs) transcription. So instead, we wrote a 660-page book. (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, well, that sounds yeah. pretty amazing. Um, I it uh, is. It should be a doorstop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what color it's going to be yet? Because I already have. Oh yeah, doorstops. it's so. It's, I want to know. Yeah, you want to you want a color coordinated doorstop? Yeah, Let yeah. me bring up the the. They did a beautiful job on the cover. I think it's um, it is it's red, which is nice. Um, the it turns out like a lot of my books are turning out. To I don't be red. have a big um, red doorstop yet. Oh, good. Okay. So let me, uh, let me, let me give you the picture here so you can see it. Here we go. It's really beautiful. So, oh, that's lovely. Oh, it kind of, it kind of has a look similar to your, um, exactly. It's the same size too. So, you know, they'll Mm -hmm. sit on the same shelf, which is nice. (laughs) Awesome. That's so cool. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. I feel like, I, I mean, I felt really, really guilty about not being able to figure out the whole transcription thing. And at least now we have something to give people that's like, look, 
it's all here. So you mm-hmm. don't have to remember it all. You don't have to scroll through it. You don't have to listen to it at 3X, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're long. <laughs> right. They are. I, uh, I mean, yeah. I listen to, uh, I don't know if I listened to all 78 of those episodes, but I definitely might have. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is that, you know, people listen to them multiple times too. I mean, mm-hmm. I do because you can't remember everything and, you know, and it's not like the, the material is old, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's always yeah. useful. You draw the, you draw the three of cups, you listen to the three of cups and, mm-hmm. you know, when you get something out of it, maybe even for that day. So, um, so yeah. So even right now we're kind of on hiatus cause we both had a lot of shit to do. And, uh, but still, you know, people are downloading, couple thousand downloads a week just because of the old, you know, episodes that mm-hmm. they're listening to. So it continues, it continues. And we'll be back to it in March. I think it's just um, once we get our stuff together. Ooh, <laughs> so this episode that we're recording right now probably won't be mm-hmm. released until March. So I don't oh, know wow. if, well, I've been, <laughs> I've been recording a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. You have a queue. <laughs> I do. It's uh, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> So yeah. that way you can have yeah, vacations yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, exactly. But I'm wondering, uh, what is the next step for Fortune's Wheelhouse then? Like what, so you've gone through all 78, you've done everything by number, you've done everything by... By planet. Si- by planet. Have you done any, any of you done everything by sign? And Thank we've you. done everything by sign. So the next normal thing to do would be everything by element, right? Oh, so, that's just four episodes. That's just four episodes. And I, I think we will do those for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I just did that whole four stories of tarot thing that, you know, last year with yeah, the yeah, whole that was thing. So, mm-hmm. so thank you. So that's sort of, you know, where I'm coming from with that. And Mel of course has her own whole, own whole knowledge base and experience to bring to it as well. So we'll do those and then we'll think again what we'll do. So what we normally do is in between each segment, we do some divination episodes. Mm-hmm. So we take questions from people. And we do two div- divination episodes, and then we go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what we'll do after that. We could do colors, we could do myth, we could do animals. I don't know. We'll do we'll do something. Yeah, actually, <laughs> but the main esoterics are kind of covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always more. That's the thing about tarot. There's it's, always uh, more. It's a book yeah. with seventy eight pages. It's just that each page is infinitely <laughs> but it's long. The, yeah, each page is a universe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly exactly yeah well that's cool um okay well we are at the point in the episode where you should tell everybody how to find you oh wait before we do that can we play spin the deckens oh yeah spin the deckens okay let's do <laughs> yeah. spin the deckens okay so this is a game i made up for my uh, my class i teach this online tarot co- class called the living tarot and it's um it's it's uh on my website at www.tsusanchang.com slash class. And there's a, there's a lot of people there now. There's like 150 students, but it's not, they're not like all active. Mm-hmm. So once a month we have this meeting and maybe a dozen people show up and I always try to come up with a monthly spread. So last month, because I'm shamelessly hawking my book, I came up with this <laughs> spin the decans thing, which is a way of, um, and it also kind of appropriate for the beginning of the new year too, because it's, it's prediction of mm-hmm. um, something that is going to happen that's significant within a year's time. Ooh. So you start with your, you start with your pile of you, what you have to do is Just you have to separate your deck miners. Right. Yeah. So you have 36 decanic miners separated out and then you have uh, the remaining uh, 42 cards in a separate pile. Okay. They're, they're over there. So, I'm, I, 
I sneered at you. You will use them. You will oh. use them. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, but first, so what you're going to do is you're going to shuffle your 36 decanic miners. Okay. And then pick one. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Oh, the four, four of ones. Hey, hey, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so, so that is, Ve- is Venus and Aries, uh, Venus ruling Aries three, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that period from April 10th to 20th ish, I okay. guess, something like that. So that's the period we're talking about. So you want to fire up your calendar okay. and then you're going to take your other, um, the other pile, pile and draw a card from that to see what you need to know about that decan. Okay. All right. Here we go. I'm shuffling. Mm-hmm. And I'm drawing the oh, I can't even see it. The Ace I of Cups. The Ace of Cups. All right. So this is very interesting. To we'll, we will see what happens with your um so what you do is you write down Ace of Cups in that on your calendar for that 10 day period. And you see what happens that's related to the ACE of cups, because something will, maybe you'll fall in love. Who knows? Maybe you'll like start a brewery. (laughs) (laughs) I could probably do one to cope with the other. (laughs) At the very least you can get baptized. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) I I might just, I think I'm just going to go on vacation during that deck. And (laughs) well, Every time, so so you're on vacation during those 10 days, every time that you um, sit down, you're camping or whatever, and you, you know, crack a brewski, you're like, Ace of Cups, the requirements have been fulfilled. Oh, there we go. Okay, I'm ready for this. <laughs> you can do that. But then you only get to have one. So <laughs> I don't know if that's okay. It's just going to be a really big can. <laughs> one at a time. One at a time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it that's that's the game that's been the that's decan. the game yeah okay, now you so go. anybody can do this oh okay i've done it once already but i'll do it again because okay. you know who knows maybe you'll, we'll say hopefully you'll get else. a different decan yeah let's see all right so my decan oh which one am i feeling this one it's the four of four swords, swords. <laughs> which we were just talking about. We were. So, okay. That's weird. So that's Libra three. That's uh, that period. Uh, what is it? So October, uh, October 10th to 20th, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that range. Uh, okay. And then I'm going to draw a card and see what we get. Um, this one, that one, this one. No. This, yeah, this one. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen you draw a tarot card before. I didn't realize it took so long. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have to because I did it during the forecast episode, but I kind of tried oh, to do it right. while you that's guys right. were talking. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I wash them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I kind of just spread them out. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Oh, shit. Oh, wait. What's that doing in there? Oh, no. That should not be in there. That should not be in there because that's a decanic card. That's the Nine of Swords. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm putting okay, it in do here. Over. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna actually gonna do the deck and over too because yeah, time to start. I wasn't playing with a full deck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never am. You but, heard it here you first. Arnimancy <laughs> exclusive. What is going on here? Wait. Oh, I see the problem. I have all of. I split my. Okay. You split um, the wrong deck. I have no. It's what happened is that I only had my 36 cards and I had not taken out my 42 cards. Mm. Duh. Okay. So let's. 
I have a degree from Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but is it a degree in sorting? (laughs) Clearly, I did not ace sorting like you did. (laughs) Okay, let's try this again. Okay, no wonder I got the nine of swords. Okay, so the three of wands. So just before yours, okay, we're talking about the um, the 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 what you call it? March two, or I'm uh, sorry. so April first through tenth. Okay. Aries two, yeah, Aries two, um, exaltation of the sun, kingdom of gold. All right, mm. let's see. Great, that sounds lofty. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, this will do. Okay. No wonder I was having so much trouble uh, getting it the other time. Oh, all right. Aries, Emperor. Oh, man. So, you know, that's boss. Yeah, that's going to be a good decking for you. Like It is. Conquest. Um, so you're going to have April some. April 1 through 10. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, that is right in the middle of my semester at mm-hmm. Smith. So, you know, but I will be done with this one big project that I have to get done before then. So, uh, and I'll probably starting be starting to work on the uh, courses for, for the summer at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that's interesting. That's good. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm terrified of mine, but you know, that's cool. The future is always scary. <laughs> Why can't, don't be terrified of the ace of cups, man. You know? <laughs> okay. I'm not terrified of the ace of cups. <laughs> I mean, what if, what if you'd gotten, you know, the 10 of swords? <laughs> oh, I would terror. rush into that. I'd be like, I can't wait to buy all those needles. <laughs> that's true. I mean, we all need more needles after all. <laughs> I haven't even checked my stockpile. I don't even know how I'm doing on needles right now. I might need more. Yeah, I seriously, since I since I started my sympathetic magic practice, I have not run out of needles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a good supply of 80 tens. <laughs> uh okay, now now it's time for oh, you to right. tell yeah. everybody where to find you on the internet. Uh right. Okay. So because it, um, it's a long list. It's a long list. So, well, the main place is www.tsusanchang.com. Um, mm-hmm. If you can't remember anything else, that's the place to go. Um, the next place is my Etsy shop, mm-hmm. www.etsy.com slash shop slash tarotista. Uh, the next place would be Fortune's Wheelhouse Patreon, I guess. Well, Fortune's Wheelhouse, of course, you can listen to it on any podcast uh, mm-hmm. server. The one you're listening to on now, as a matter of fact, just go in the search box um, or on iTunes or whatever. Uh, but the Patreon for that is patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you can become a patron and astral of, a hero of the astral plane and get uh, special posts and goods and treats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Facebook, I generally tell people to just go to the Fortunes Wheelhouse Academy group because I'm very active there. It's got like 700 members now. Um, most That's, of them podcast uh, listeners. Yeah, you post your yeah. uh, tarot cards. I post my spells there yeah, every day, yeah. every draw, every spell, and at least the Peshat level of interpretation <laughs> <laughs> on that spell. Everybody take a uh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then uh, on Instagram, I'm T. Susan Chang. On Twitter, I'm T. Susan Chang. All that, all that stuff. I'm teasing. Right, and cool. I'll make sure that there's links to everything and links to okay. all of your books uh, in the show notes. And oh, um, and there's one more book if you like food. Um, oh, the, my oh, first yeah. book. Yeah, my first book, A Spoonful of Promises, which is. Um, I'm sure you can pick it up at a secondhand tag for like three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep your eyes like peeled for that memoir. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when when did that one come out? 
2011. Oh, that was previous a, career. That was a little while ago. Now it was a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. that was before the <laughs> pandemic, I think. <laughs> was it? It seems like it's been a decade. God, it does. Which means yeah. that we've known each other for a decade. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on my podcast. And um, next time, well, there there'll have to be a next time. I'm sure there will have to be a next time. Thanks so much for having me on. It's always fun. Thank you for listening to the Arnamancy podcast. You can find me online at arnamancy.com, where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnamancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just $1 a month through Patreon at patreon.com slash arnamancy.